let's bring in our panel. We have to talk about AMC. Alicia Reese is with us, Senior Associate Equity Research Wedbush Securities, and Dave Mazza, Managing Director, Head of Product at Direxion. So it's great to see you both. Uh, let's talk about the AMC earnings preview. Alicia, I'll stop with, start with you. It's today after the bell. Obviously, when you look at a chart of this one, it is so incredibly wild, the big volume spikes and what's been going on. Now what? Well, it's certainly uh, more interesting than it used to be. Um, the stock is owned by roughly 80% retail investors, and we don't know necessarily how they're going to react to earnings, what they're looking for. Um, the stock is not traded on the fundamentals that we're used to seeing. So um, it's certainly going to be interesting. Um, AMC is, for the first time, is opening up the questions on their conference call to those retail investors. Um, some of the questions I think that they really wanted to ask will not be allowed. Um, such as um, getting more detail on short selling. Um, AMC specifically said that they won't answer any questions on that. Um, so we'll, we'll see how, it, um, how the questions lay out today. Um, are you a fan, just quickly, Alicia, before I get to Dave, um, are you a fan of this stock? It's at 33.94. Obviously, it's run up six months. It's up uh, 449%. Uh, where, do you have a rating on this, or is it just sort of a wait and see? Yeah, well, it's it's not the way we typically approach stock ratings and price targets, but right. um, under the circumstances, I think it's warranted. Um, we remain on the sidelines with the stock. We don't re recommend buying or selling here. Um, not buying because I think it's um, far overvalued, um, but also not getting into a short position because the shorts keep getting attacked by these um, these redditors and and can potentially lose a lot of money on the trade. So um, right. I think it's it's wise to just remain on the sidelines at this point. Dave, what do you think here? Well, I think kudos to Wedbush for even having an opinion on the stock. What's interesting about AMC is a lot of analysts have actually dropped coverage of it because of the fact that it's it hasn't traded on fundamentals and it's difficult uh, to have a price target uh, with that being the case. The average price target is $5.25 of the nine analysts that are still covering the stock, whether it's you know buy, sell, or hold. What I think is interesting here is the options market is implying an 8% move that could either be up or down. We know the last time we saw a big run-up in AMC shares was actually after earnings. So I think if the stock is able to show some momentum uh, as it's supposed to have, forecast to have a better than expected um, uh, earnings, um, particularly quarter over quarter, and especially year over year, when last year it lost over $5 um, uh, from an EPS perspective, then I think we might see a move higher here. Um, but, but there's still the overhang of COVID here. And with the Delta uh, variant uh, continuing to kind of make its way across the country, that might be difficult to really foresee the reopening trade, which AMC is associated with it, and being kind of uh, a meme stock at the same time, uh, we, we may see some difficulty here if they're not able to show that momentum. So, David, I mean, it's clear to you that even if it moves 8%, as you're saying, um, even to the downside 8%, you wouldn't jump in there and say buy it, right? Well, yeah, not necessarily. I think the, the hard thing is identifying the fact that the stock has moved so much. For, you know, we, uh, we, we, we have a particular product called the Direction Low Priced uh, stock ETF that screens for companies that trade um, between um, at, the, at the time of, re, of reconstitution, two and five dollars. You know, that stock has moved up significantly now. It's north of $30. So we actually just sold it out of that particular portfolio for that reason. 
And so, again, it's difficult to see on a going forward basis unless we see much better than expected EPS, you know, with uh, the forecast around negative uh, 90 cents uh, this quarter um, to see the stock kind of get that, get that ramp back up to 60. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Alicia, I know you cover uh, other names in the group, IMAX, Cinemark, also um, National, uh, Cinemedia. Are any of these interesting to you as long-term plays? Yeah, absolutely. Um, IMAX would be one of our um, top picks in the exhibitor industry. Um, they're tied to blockbusters. So with the windows shortening and a lot of moviegoers more interested in an event-type film and going to see it on a premium screen, IMAX benefits greatly from that. Um, it's also expanding globally in a way that the exhibitors are not, um, as exhibitors just update um, or upgrade their theaters around the country, around the world, um, that benefits IMAX. So they're a really interesting pick um, that I think are they're underappreciated right now. I think in the exhibition space, Cinemark is underappreciated as well. It has um, very stable results. Um, we can usually count on them to um, to beat the um, the market every quarter. This past quarter, they announced Friday morning they beat um, pretty handily, and they have Latin America coming back um, into the swing of things right. in the next quarter or two. And that was Cinemark, right? That that second one That's that right. you talked about, that was Cinemark. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dave, what are your thoughts as you expand this out here? Because, you know, Alicia's making great points about some of the other names, IMAX, Cinemark. Uh, I think it's very interesting in the environment we're in where we have streaming. You Something's in the theater and you could stream it at home. You have battles between movie stars and theater and uh, companies like Disney and such. Where do we stand? Are there buys within the group and what's going on? Yeah, look, I think companies are able to uh, kind of monetize both in-theater experiences, uh, especially on the premium side, and the streaming are likely going to be the winners here. Now, it's going to take some time to get there. You know, I think uh, Disney stocks reporting earnings later this week. Um, there's some uh, the stock actually, you know, traded much higher, and it's kind of been. Um, uh, it's not a premium multiple because it's now being uh, really valued as a streaming play, although the parks revenue side still contributes a much greater portion of earnings there. Um, that's a really interesting name uh, to potentially take advantage of both the reopening uh, and the potential for, uh, for for COVID to continue to increase here. Um, so that, to me, is a, is a way to kind of split the difference here. Uh, yeah. At the end of the day, if you're not embracing... Do you like Disney? Is that what you're saying, Dave? Exactly. Do you like yeah, Disney? At the end of the day, if you're not embracing the fact that we are seeing a change in how uh, people experience and what they want to experience, uh, it, I think it's going to be difficult to survive. You know, I, I think about myself as the father of uh, two young girls. You know, Disney Plus is a must-have in our house, just like a, lo a lot of others. Now, again, at the end of the day, people cutting the cord, all that might mean is that you're buying service after service. But there's going to be winners and losers in that, um, uh, right. even, even in particular space. Yeah, and Alicia, I'll give you the last thought because you cover these theaters that I love going to a theater. Um, I don't necessarily love streaming, but I think that it's the wave of the future. So are we worried about these companies in five or 10 years? Well, I think there is a significant portion of the population who would prefer to go to the movie theater over streaming um, if it's safe to do so. And I think a lot of people are not going right now. You see the, the results for Suicide Squad. I think many people might have wanted to see that, but don't feel safe going to the theater right now. Um, I think when when it is safer to do so and people feel more comfortable um, and there are fewer day and date releases like Universal not doing day and dates in 2022 and, and likely beyond. Right. And once we see where, where Disney settles with that, it's unclear at the moment. 
um, I think that we'll see at least the, the shortened window that will be roughly 30 to 45 days as opposed to the traditional 90 days. I think you'll see more okay. people going earlier and going to more premium screen showings and then seeing the rest, um, seeing follow-up viewings on streaming. Beautiful. Alicia Reese, Wedbush, Dave Mazza at Direction. Thank you both. Great conversation.